0: EAM is a podcast that connects women who are eager to grow in their relationship with God. Living out the living word of God each day. Welcome back everyone. So in our series discussing Holy Week and the concept of returning to your first love, today we're going to be um, talking about Tuesday. So Tuesday of the Holy Pascha week. Um, Before we get into that, you've got Natalie here. And Sylvia. So, Hi, everyone. We're so happy to have her back. Um, okay, so we'll start off by reading the passage, which, Sylvia, you said what kind of stuck out to you was the passage of the parable of the Ten Versions, correct?
1: Yes. Okay. Amongst the many readings on Holy Tuesday, I found myself really inclined to that passage and delve deep into that whole parable because it's very nice. <laughs>
0: Beautiful. I can't wait to talk about it. Let's get started. name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen.
1: Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and for you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore. For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. To Tell
0: me initial thoughts.
1: <sighs> initial thoughts. Um, Like the first time I ever heard about this parable, I was really struck by fear. I did not want to be told by God, mm. I do not know you, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Um. And I really wanted to look into the idea of fear. But something really came over me in that moment. And while I was doing some research, the theme of fear is the beginning of wisdom started to come up. So it Mm -hmm. kind of got me feeling a little better about myself, (laughs) you know, where that fear is not the end, but the start of something, right? It's the start of becoming wise, of getting closer to God. And I found some really nice verses. For example, the root of wisdom is to fear the Lord, and its branches are long lived. And that's in Sirach 125. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so chapter one of Sirach is actually all about wisdom, and it was all beautiful. And then there's another verse I also wanna share it said, The fear of the Lord expels sin, for he who is without fear is not able to be justified, for the disposition of His Spirit is His undoing. So after reading that parable and having, you know, that fear in me saying, what if God says, I do not know you when that time is near? I just harnessed that fear and thought of it as something good, Mm -hmm. as something that could progress into me getting closer to God, rather than further away or, you know, just not even approaching him not trying to do the effort to start to understand his ways to gain that wisdom
0: right that's (laughs) that's that's beautiful and like spot on i think i think i talked about this book in our last lent series that we did um where i talked about the bridegroom pascha sermons and it said exactly that. It said that the theme that shines forth on the Tuesday is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And all of the readings, whether you're doing Tuesday morning or, or Wednesday eve, which is like Tuesday evening, um, mm-hmm. they all talk, It all every all of the readings kind of surround that idea. And I felt as though this was such a spot on reading for this idea of the bridegroom and the bride right? I think what stuck out to me the most was the last verse, watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Mm -hmm. Son of Man is coming. That's been the crux of every encounter in the Bible with God and man. So like Mm -hmm. in Tuesday morning, we see that we read about the creation in the first hour. And then in Isaiah, we read about his vineyard and how he wanted it to produce fruit, but instead it produced thorns, right? And kind of that same thing is said where the fig tree is cursed specifically because it's out of season. It wasn't ready for the day. Wow. And so it's very much like you can't plan for the day of the Lord. You can't plan for your season. You just simply have to be ready. And then the other problem with the fig tree was that it lied. It showed as though it had good fruit. Wow. It had the leaves and it was pluming, mm-hmm. but there was no fruit. Yes.
1: And so, oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: And so it's like, it's that idea of be authentic, be your true self. Because when you are your true self with your spouse, you are behaving the way that you were intended to, the way that you were <laughs> created to, the way that your creator created you.
1: You know? Wow. That's so beautiful. I loved and it. I also, yeah. And I also, you reminded me. Again, of that one sermon I heard um, by Father James Michael. Um, It's on Upper Room Media. Um, And he stresses about being wise and being ready. So ready for Mm -hmm. the hour that we do not know, right? And how do we become ready? He mentions that basically, we simply need to make wise decisions on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So make the good choices, There are so many teachings about making the right choices, right? Like how we read in Genesis and the Noah's Ark, you know, those Mm -hmm. who were not inside the Ark were obviously (laughs) foolish. They did not make the right decision. They didn't want to be inside the Ark. Those who, again, the 10 virgins, five of them were not inside the wedding. So there is that, again, that choices that may lead to your salvation, And those are the ones that you should be making on a daily basis because you never know. You never know the time. It's exactly that. And he goes on to talk about how in the differences between the five virgins who are wise and those who are foolish. And he said, obviously, the spare oil, right? Mm. And he stresses about the oil and he talks about it as um, representing the grace of the Holy Spirit. So they did not have enough to spare because you have to have your own grace Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit, right? When you're doing good virtues on a daily basis, you have to do it to acquire the grace of the Holy Spirit. It's not just to do something good, to appear good or to be, you know, doing them in vanity or, you know, to appear good to other people. Right. You have to do that to just really become close to God.
0: Same as the fig tree, from the outside, all of the virgins appeared as though they were there at the same time to be called.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. All of them seemed prepared, right? Mm -hmm. But it's about about that grace. It's about...
1: Yes, exactly. They had so many things in common. Yeah, they were all virgins. They all had lamps, which is like, you know, the good works. You know, you are the light of the world, everything. They had the lamps. They both slept, which is representing, obviously, our death eventually. So there were so many common things between the two sets of virgins. It's just, again, like, yeah, like you said, the oil is the difference because they were not watchful. They were not ready. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, it just always um, reminds me of how you would walk on a path that is just all nice and beautiful. You don't need to really look around you, you don't have to be that cautious because you can see from far away that it's all nice and you know pretty, but I don't know if you remember, but on campus, at university campus, mm-hmm. there were a lot of geese, right? And mm-hmm. you know how vicious yeah. you can be. And if yeah, you there's went there's on a path that, <laughs> that had geese, you have to be super duper cautious because you don't want to be randomly attacked, but you also don't want to be stepping on, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, the, the birth dropping. So, you know, you have to walk very cautiously. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me of that imagery. It reminds me of how important it is to just, be, watchful. you know, be watchful. Every day, every day you have to step onto the path closer to God, which is not the easy path, right? It's the narrow path. So it's like God tells us, it's not going to be easy. So you obviously have to be watchful it's going to be way worse than geese (laughs) right
0: it's funny you mentioned that because um you reminded me i'm reading right now the silent patriarch by uh, father Mm -hmm. daniel fanus which is uh basically like a a biography about pope carlis and there's a part of the book where pope carlis as a monk at the time not yet a pope so father mina he wanted to go live in solitude and um the monks within the monastery that he was in and his own family um they did not feel that he was prepared for this that this was a logical step to me and simply what he said was god has prepared the narrow path that i should walk mm-hmm. so despite it being narrow i loved that he said just because it's narrow doesn't mean you have to walk it alone god has still prepared this path for you he has made it for you um mm-hmm. that's it's so beautiful so wonderful
1: That is so beautiful. Wow. I might need to borrow that book.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's amazing.
1: I love that we're bringing this up.
0: So I have kind of this definition in my head of what grace is. And it's this, it's the free unconditional gift given to the unworthy. So he gives me the free and the unconditional gift. I remain the unworthy. But as long as I remain the unworthy, I receive the grace. Because once I start believing I am worthy of something then this aspect of entitlement starts Mm -hmm. to play. And entitlement is kind of the overarching theme of this day in Holy Week, is what I read in the book, um, Mm -hmm. The Bridegroom Pascha Sermon. So he starts off, like we said, talking about the creation. And he says it's kind of like the quarrel between two lovers, between two spouses. So he's saying... You know, he starts off talking about the creation. He talks about all of these things to remind us that everything we have is given to us as a gift. So Tuesday morning is this gift, this grace, this free, unconditional gift that is given to us. And then there's even a homily by Saint Shenouda that's read. And it asks whether you are reconciled with him or not. And if your behavior in this relationship between you and your spouse is thoughtful, if you're thinking about your behavior and your actions, are you acting entitled? And, and this is exactly where the fig tree is read next, mm-hmm. right? In the third hour, he says, woe to you who call good evil and evil good, because we start becoming the standard of our own truth. We consider ourselves worthy. We stop yes. trying to use this grace and we mm-hmm. think whatever standard I set as truth is, is truth. And, and mm-hmm. so we don't need an objective truth. And, wow. the, and the prophecies in that hour, in the third hour, tell us to look at all that the Lord has done for us. So it's literally the prophets saying, look at the food that you have, that is a gift. The drink that you have, that is a gift. The rain that falls from the sky, that is a gift. Anything good is God's gift to us. And so mm-hmm. we're not entitled to these gifts. And we didn't cause, we are not the cause of our own safety. We are not the cause of our safety when we walk whatever path we walk Mm -hmm. um wow
1: that is beautiful
0: and so yeah so through the prophets god is saying why do you think you're owed this or why do you think you're entitled to it Mm -hmm. and then we read it's the day of the lord and again actually we read the the story of the fig tree and christ in this reading casts out all of the the vines and the trees that don't produce fruit because at the end of the day god does the cleaning
1: wow wow that's crazy yeah but i also think yeah i also think although it is a gift you're completely correct um i read also from saint seraphim of uh, sarov Mm. he's a russian father in the 18th century and he's saying that we should also look to acquire that grace of the holy spirit Hmm. although it is obviously a gift we need to Acquire it as well. So he says, the virgins, he was speaking specifically on that parable again. He says, these virgins practiced the virtues, but in their spiritual ignorance, they supposed that the Christian life consisted merely in doing good works. Mm -hmm. So they thought they were doing the work of God. These are the foolish virgins.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But they cared little whether they acquired the grace of God's Spirit. So he says, to really carefully think about why we're doing every virtue. Is it for the sake of God's grace where we really want to acquire it? Or is it simply to be, you know, again, like I said before, to appear nice to people. And he mentions um, how St. Anthony the Great um, talks about three wills. So the first will is God's all perfect and all saving will. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and the second is our own human will so it's not really destructive but it's not also saving right it's like you know it shifts (laughs) from one time to another and the third will is the devil's will which is completely destructive so obviously the third and the second will it kind of goes away from that path but Mm -hmm. that first god's all-saving will it really consists in doing good solely to acquire the holy spirit which is like that priceless treasure. So we really want to acquire the Holy Spirit, which is the oil that the foolish virgins lacked. Yeah, when I read that, I was like, wow, this is perfect.
0: (laughs) That's beautiful. And then in the sixth hour, it starts discussing the whole like God giving us the law. And he does that because he's showing us righteousness. He's showing us what it means to, to walk right? to walk in objective truth and it's a good quality in a spouse like it's walking back towards your spouse it's walking the right path
1: wow yes oh that's so beautiful and then in
0: the hour right after ending off like tuesday morning um Mm -hmm. it discusses the fall again so it's so full circle and it does that Mm -hmm. because it highlights to us where it all went wrong we have to ask ourselves, how did this break? And why mm-hmm. is it that we needed the spouse in the first place? Why was there a problem? What was the problem? And again, it tells you that the man felt entitled and mm-hmm. he wanted to follow his own will. He wanted a different kind of vision, but Christ, he wanted a superior one, right? He wanted, man wanted to be better than Christ yeah. or equal to Christ. And they felt like they were entitled to that vision even though the tree was a gift. At the end of wow. the day, the tree that was put in the garden was a gift. So yeah. that day, like you said, you have the option to walk the narrow path um, mm-hmm. or the easier one. And just like, just like that, on that day, instead of communion with their spouse, they decided to commune with evil. They decided to choose the destructive path.
1: That's, yeah. And wow. that's why- yeah, I never-
0: yeah and that's why like in the readings you might notice in that hour that god might kind of sound upset um mm-hmm. but it's simply like a spouse like he's responding he's saying comfort my people speak comfort to my people jerusalem says her god that her trial is over that he has redeemed her that's the prophecy that's read in the ninth hour so wow. It continues on to to just speak about this entitlement. And then in Surak, going back to how you started, there's advice there for fixing the relationship. The advice is unjust anger cannot be justified. And and, and he discusses how that's advice. He says, know what is right and know what is wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, It's basically saying like, be patient and learn self-restraint. Because once you know what self-restraint looks like, you're less entitled and once you're less entitled, you won't be angry over things that aren't yours. Wow, in the first place. So it brings your attention back to your spouse. It redirects your path back to your first love.
1: Yeah, and I love that um repeating imagery of the bridegroom, the spouse. It's so powerful, right? Because it's the most yeah. intimate, most beautiful relationship you know with your bridegroom, again, with that whole parable, you're going into a wedding. And you want to be in the wedding, obviously. And yeah, you want to be close to your spouse. You want to have honest communication with your spouse. It's so nice. It's, and, yeah. And then in, in Wednesday
0: Eve, the whole mm-hmm. thing is basically about how Christ wants that with you. Like yeah. we want to redirect ourselves back to the spouse and we are trying to walk, but it's not like he's waiting there on the other side. He's also running towards you. Like he wants you too in the first hour of the evening, it's all about how our spouse just begs for our return. In the Mm -hmm. gospel, it shows us the day of the Lord and the house of God being shut, like we just read. In the third hour, it's heartbreaking. God pleads with us saying, I have loved you and I chose you and I fought for you and I gave you wealth and I gave you prosperity. And then you're asked to reflect on that. Like, what are we obsessed with? What are our main concerns throughout the day? And when you didn't do the right thing, what was it that you were concerned about? And then ask yourself, what do you have that isn't a gift? Wow. And if it's a gift, you didn't earn it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So as much as we aim to acquire it, we can't merit it. Of course. But we strive. Yes. But we strive just that I just wanted to make that differentiation because you didn't earn the gift. And so if you've received a whole bunch of gifts that you didn't earn, Why are you worried about not receiving gifts? He was already giving them to you without you earning them in the first place.
1: Right. Wow. You're so right. Yeah. And during that first hour as well, um, in Matthew, we say, we must be pure enough to wear the wedding garment or we will be cast (laughs) out of heaven. That is amazing. Right? Right? It just fits perfectly because again, like you said, it's, yeah, we're getting those gifts. But we, again, yeah, need to strive to be pure enough to wear the wedding garment, to be there, to be in the wedding, to stand by the bridegroom. It's so beautiful. And then, again, like that um, sense of fear is like almost a threat or we will be cast out of heaven. I mean, that is just terrifying. Mm -hmm. But that fear is really just trying to Get us moving, get us to start to understand God, gain wisdom. Um, and on that note, actually, in Proverbs, um, it says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot mm-hmm. from their path, for their feet run to evil. So again, it's like, get up, but don't walk with sinners if they entice you. Don't give in. Walk right. carefully. Yeah, you know, strive to be pure. Strive to put on that wedding garment that God prepared for you ultimately, right?
0: <laughs> right. The, last, the last hour of Wednesday Eve mm-hmm. is basically giving you instruction to seek the Lord and live. That yes. is what Christ is saying. Because in doing this, we recognize who He is. And then if just by extension of that, we transform. Mm-hmm. So everything returns to how it's supposed to be, because you recognize what that thing is. So so really the rule or the takeaway I think I learned from this discussion is seek your spouse again, cast away any any form of entitlement, Mm -hmm. understand the grace, and think about your day of the Lord. Because that's essentially the day you wed.
1: Of course, yes. That's so beautifully put. Yeah, you summarized basically, yeah, all the points that we talked about. That was so nice. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to add?
1: Um no. I, I loved your input about you know that idea of being in a lover's quarrel and Thank trying God. to gain that understanding. Yeah. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Thank you, God, for allowing us to record this episode. Thank you for allowing us to delve deeper and understand um, your parables, your teachings, because you're simply there to lead us to you. Um, At the end of the day, oh God, please, please allow us to hear beautiful words of welcome rather than the fearful words of, I do not know you. Please let us be wise, Let us be ready for the hour that we do not know. Help us gain wisdom and help us appreciate all the gifts that you have given us, O Lord, even though we are unworthy. Thank you so much and allow us to see your grace in our everyday life. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one
0: God, amen whether you'd like more information on resources used in this episode want to suggest a topic or leave your feedback please visit our website emishur.com
1: and even if you just want to talk feel free to reach out to one of your AIM sisters for as we have many members in one body but all the members do not have the same function so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening and follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages